When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you could save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your moves. Hey, this episode of Motherhood in Hollywood is sponsored by Kinsa, the world's smartest thermometer. When my daughter isn't feeling well, Kinsa is the only thermometer I trust. It remembers temperature, symptoms, and medications, so I don't miss a beat. Find it at KinsaHealth.com, the world's smartest thermometer. Come on, Mama. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Welcome to Motherhood in Hollywood, episode 31. It's me, Heather Brooker, the host of this here show. Today, my guest is one of my oldest friends from Los Angeles. I actually first met her on a feature film that I did here. It was the very first feature I did in L.A. called Disfigured. And her name is Lindsay Hollister. And we met on the set there, and we've been friends ever since. Lindsay has starred in movies such as uh, Get Smart with Steve Carell. She was in the cult classic Blubberella, which if you haven't seen it, oh my gosh, you have to. It's so much fun. And she's been in so many TV shows that I can't even keep track. So definitely you want to stick around and listen because Lindsay and I, uh, she's just one of those gals out here in L.A. that I can just jibber jabber about L.A. and Hollywood stuff with and our frustrations with acting. And she, like me, has a lot of opinions on the business. So you definitely want to stick around and listen to what she has to say about that. For me, it's been quite a week around here. Uh, where should I begin? Well, first of all, I, I filmed a, a small part on the new George Lopez show for TV Land. It's called Lopez. And I had a great part. It was so much fun, you guys. I can't even tell you like how much fun it is to get to do what you love to do. And for those of you who are doing your dream job, I'm good for you. I think that's amazing. And as actors, we wish every day that we could be doing our dream job, um, which is acting. But it's not always possible. So in the rare moments when we get an opportunity to go on a set and play a really fun character or get a really meaty dramatic role or something like that it's amazing and it's something that you know at least for me I know that I'm right at home I know that it's where I'm supposed to be what I want to be doing for the rest of my life it sort of solidifies that so it was a really great experience for me I got to work with Troy Miller and uh, the executive producers from Silicon Valley and a ton of other shows just some really great comedians and and uh, comedy geniuses maybe I don't know maybe they're listening <laughs> maybe they'll hear me and go you know what she's right we're geniuses let's bring her back in for some more uh, for some more tv shows so that was happening what else has been going on around the mother hizzy and holly Wizzy studio I published another article for the Huffington Post if you guys didn't know that I also write 
for uh, Motherhood in Hollywood. I do a little bloggy blogging every now and then. And something sort of, I don't know, I've been sort of chewing the fat on this idea for a blog post for a while about how I personally think that podcasts are sort of becoming the new modern way to mommy blog. Because even though there are millions of mommy bloggers out there, I just feel like, you know, maybe the modern mom, the millennial mom, if you will, isn't really you know, taking to the internet to talk about their frustrations as a mom or venting their frustrations. They're kind of looking for new and creative ways to talk about being a mom. And one of the ways I, I feel like they're doing that is by starting podcasts. Cause if you go on iTunes in any given moment, the kids and family section is, you know, flooded with moms and parents who um, are giving their advice or, you know, talking about their frustrations in parenting or challenges or get being inspirational, that sort of thing. So I feel like that's partly where mommy bloggers may be turning to expand their brand and, you know, uh, add to it, wait, expand and add to it. Those are the same things. <laughs> anyway, if you get a chance to go on the Huffington Post, search for Heather Brooker or Motherhood in Hollywood, and you can see the things that I've written for the Huffington Post so far. I'm so thrilled to be able to do that. I've also had a really great week with the MIH 15 by 15 challenge. I did something really fun. Uh, one of my oldest friends back from, my gosh, we've I've known her since I was in middle school, Nikki. And uh, Nikki came in town, uh, like a surprise visit in town. And I was like, oh my God, we have to hang out. So we got together and it just happened to be, it was just sort of kismet. It happened to be on the day that I was going to go fencing for my MIH 15 by 15 challenge, which is my weight loss challenge to lose 15 pounds by my 15th anniversary. I'm trying a bunch of different workouts and exercise programs and, you know, different diets and, you know, whatever, just to kind of get outside my comfort zone and see what works and what I like and what I don't like. And I was going to go fencing and Nikki is like a nationally ranked fencer. So I was like, Oh my God, you have to come with me. So we went to this place here in, in, um, near Burbank called Swordplay, and <laughs> which <laughs> get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> so we went and we tried that. Oh my God, it's so much fun. But I have to say I was a little scared. I, I didn't realize like how terrifying it can be somebody's coming at you with a sword even though it has a blunt end on it and you know it's not quite you're not gonna die it's still a little scary to think about somebody's just coming at you with their sword so um it's okay though I survived uh but it was a lot of fun if you get a chance to go and check out some kind of fencing workout you should definitely do that would love to hear how you guys are also incorporating the MIH 15 by 15 in your life what kinds of workouts you're doing in your area have you found anything that you love something that maybe wasn't for you I tried my friend Mary's spin class last week and I realized spinning is not for me it was so hard I almost died She's a rock star for being able to get up on that bike. She teaches the class. And I was like, I'm going to die. I'm literally going to die on this bicycle. And they're going to have to carry me out of here because it hurts. And I hurt for like days after. That also is a pretty big sign that I'm kind of out of shape. So working on that. Just a few more months to go. Having so much fun with my MH15 by 15. Go on motherhoodinhollywood.com to find out more about that. And while you're at it, make sure you subscribe to Motherhood in Hollywood on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, whatever your player, podcast player is of choice. Take a minute and subscribe. 
And that makes my life a little bit easier. Let's me know you're out there and I'm not just talking to myself. So with all that being said, you guys, I'm going to stop talking now and let you hear a little bit more of the gabbity gabbin from me and my good friend, mega celebrity star. Oh, and star of the brand new movie coming out, Pee Wee's Big Holiday. You want to check that out on Netflix. My friend, Lindsay Hollister. I have so many questions for you, my love. Um, Lindsay is here, Lindsay Hollister, uh, and we go back, way back. Like what, eight years? Oh yeah, at least. Because our first, the first time we met was on that 2007, right? On that movie Disfigured. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me ask you, why are we not huge stars right now? Well, we are huge, just in a different way. <laughs> right. <laughs> the first of many the first of fat many. jokes. Yes. <laughs> You know, it is a shame and it's, I work very closely with my university, Miami of Ohio, Mm -hmm. and they brought out a bunch of students just a couple weeks ago. And one thing that I told them was being talented equals nothing in this town. And I've watched so many talented people not work and success is just a completely different being here. Do you really think that? Do you think that? talent really means nothing is it just all purely looks and no sorry I should clarify I uh, what I told them was being talented does not equal success like there's it there's no linear Mm -hmm. you know sort of like hey I'm super talented I'm gonna come to Hollywood and I'm going to be successful Right. Like the, so the idea of like hard work and talent doesn't equate, does not mean it could equate to absolutely nothing in this town. You know, I said to them, like my mom wanted to be a teacher. So she went to school, she got her undergrad, she got her master's and she taught for 30 years. Mm-hmm. She could do that mm-hmm. here. Does nothing, nothing you but do. But don't means. you think though, like you consider you, you call yourself an actor, right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> you, you are an actor. So you came out here and you do work hard and you do work as an actor. So even though you, what quantifies like when you've made it, is it when you're acting every day? Is it when you're acting once a month? Like what, what is the, or are we all just actors because we're in the business and we're in the craft? That's a really good question. Um, because I think that's different for everyone. Like Mm -hmm. I know the one thing everyone's talked about is that like at any level of success, I mean, besides like the Clooney's of the acting world, everybody sort of wants to be at the next level, right? Because for me personally, uh, success right now would to be a series regular on a TV show. Right. Even if I was like the chick on like, you know, Criminal Minds that just like pops up for two scenes with like a, you know, like, hey, I'm the quirky like <laughs> fat girl and I'm funny. Like, Is there a success. part like that? Or yeah. do you, are you inventing that part? No, that's true. She's been on Criminal Minds for like 10 years. Like oh. Kirsten Varganas. Oh, I don't watch Criminal Minds. I probably should. Yeah, no, she's like set, right? Like, like it hits syndication. Like we're, we're good, right? Yeah. But so for me, that would be successful. I'm sure there's people on TV shows like that that want to be doing film, right? So it's yeah. like everyone's idea of what success is is probably different. For me right now, I guess like even being a series regular is shooting for the moon. I'd like to just book more than like one job a year. Yeah. That would be nice. Do you think that because you've been toiling away in the, you know, Hollywood uh, life for so long, do you think that you've become jaded at all or bitter? Or do you still feel like you have that 
passion and that excitement for it? Or is it just like, ah, fuck, what am I doing? Oh no, I'm totally jaded. (laughs) I'm like the bitterest of the bitter, bitter Betty right here. Um, no, I think it does something to you. And I think it, if you allow it, I'm definitely going to say like the, the thing was when I, I mean, I came here totally like stars in the eyes. Mm -hmm. Like there was no doubt in my mind I was going to make it. And I think back now to that, like, 21 year old and I was like how were you so sure of yourself and I just loved every bit of it I love I mean I would see like you know bangers on the street and I would get so excited bangers well production like banger you know yeah sorry not like like, gang bangers bangers. I was like oh (laughs) well those excite me too but that's a different (laughs) podcast those old gang bangers no shivers up my sorry that's a that was a technical (laughs) industry term all right but no like I I the reason why is because at some point the like this is definitely going to happen turned into what if it never happens yeah I mean you have to be honest with yourself but then what do you do do you quit because I have lots of friends who have also been you know in the same position we're in who've been working hard for a long time and have no credits and have Mm -hmm. not booked anything ever and yet they still go to workshops and they still take acting classes and they're still getting headshots every year or so. And, you know, so at what point do you, you know, give up on your dream? This is really a bummer way to start the the podcast, but everyone <laughs> like there's everyone's listening right now and they're like razor blade near the wrist. Right? Sorry, guys. Yeah. But um, like, I mean, well, do you, you know, what, at what point do you call it quits or do you? Because if it's something you truly want to do, they say actors will never give up because it's in your blood. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, and I think that's such a like, and that's why even though this sounds sort of, you know, like depressing material, I feel like no one talks about it as honestly as this. And mm-hmm. you need to because this is a town built on like hopes and dreams. It's mm-hmm. why people are here. So if you say, hey, you know, the dream may never come true. There's always this, like, you know, everybody walks around like, oh, I could get I could get discovered. I could get an agent at any minute. Right. Yeah. And that is true but the chances of that are happening are like powerball like right that big powerball but jackpot. look how many people bought that powerball yeah ticket right yeah so it's well, hope it's hope there's hope is what drives us and so the question of when do you give up i think because i my mom okay i have to go back to my mom jan jan will listen to this yay jan hi mom love you like my mom would have sold the shirt off of her back to keep me in hollywood yeah. right like she is that mom she's my, both so my parents, supportive of you so supportive my mom doesn't have a clue she's like <laughs> i just don't understand why you're not on that show yeah. doc and i'm like doc what, the fuck? what is that I don't know. It's some old person show. Oh, yeah. No, I get, you know, like my mom is, you know, she was like a a teacher, an art teacher. Mm -hmm. Then she teaches theater. She still teaches. You know, she's just she's one of those moms. So she remembers I had an assignment in high school and it was like, where do you see yourself like in 10 years? Mm -hmm. And I was like super cheeky, of course, and really lazy. So all I wrote was one paragraph. I said, well, I'm going to go to college, graduate with a degree in theater, I'm going to move to Los Angeles and I'm going to uh, start acting and I'm going to keep going until I die. That's all it said. Mm-hmm. I probably got enough. Who knows? But mom <laughs> was like, I want to frame this. And then I'm like, you know, now 38 years old, about to be 39. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can't lie about that because IMDB yeah. is out there. And um, I now have to say, 
when I'm feeling like it's not fun anymore, not, I don't want to say fun because so it's you never altered fun. Your, you've altered your uh, paragraph a little bit. A little bit. Is that what you're saying? Because it's not a matter of being fun, but when it's like, because it was like I said, I mean, acting when I'm not wanting to go to this audition and I'm not wanting to prepare and so it's like so it has to be like the bad is starting to outweigh the good a little bit yeah and um and so the in the hope like I said hope is starting to to wane Mm -hmm. because in the midst of all of the hard work that we always had to do Hollywood has gotten even harder why do you think that is? Um, I, I, do you blame the Kardashians? Because I want to blame them for everything. But I want them to be my best friends, too. <laughs> if they're listening to this, I'm not like Rebel Wilson. Call me. I'm not going to rip on you. What do you mean? Why does Rebel Wilson oh, rip on you? Oh, yeah. She, got, she was doing, actually, a radio show in Australia and, like, completely ripped on called the Kardashian or said that she would not appear with them in, like, a, one of those like, award shows and called them, like, talentless. Why? What's well, the, what's the point of that? L- listen, yeah. you know, I have mixed feelings about them because I feel like they and shows like theirs are the reason why it's so hard for actors like me and you to get on TV because of the success of trashy reality shows. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I, you know, understand their popularity, but as an actor, I don't have a lot of respect for it and it frustrates me. So don't, do you see that side of it too though? Oh yeah. A reality shows were the beginning of the end in a way, but the other thing, um, I mean, I give the Kardashians credit for staying relevant for so long because really so no one else has no. like Paris Hilton couldn't do it. Even well, though the Paris housewives like, or the housewives. Okay. But here's what happened. This is actually, hopefully maybe dear friend of ours bonnie gillespie is listening to this she's a casting director mm-hmm. and who also we, has a really great podcast yes, by the way she has a great podcast she's completely out there and really open about talking about hollywood she called hollywood the wild wild west and i was like one of the best things i've ever heard because here's the deal when there used to be four networks right yeah Four. Mm-hmm. Like when you went to turn on the television, you literally only had ABC, CBS, and NBC. You did, and not even the CW. So maybe it was like three, because mm-hmm. like, or uh, you know, uh, or Fox. Fo- and then Fox came later. But yeah. you, you only had those networks to choose from. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, you you watched those shows, right? Like we went home when I was a kid. We would fly home after the Friday night football game. I grew up in Ohio. Mm-hmm. You know, Friday night football. Flow home. Everybody was watching Dallas on oh, Friday night. Oh my god! I right? love Dallas. Nah, 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 nah. I mean, come on, that's yeah. epic. Like horses, like galloping so across the field. And I was from Oklahoma, so I was like, oh yeah, I felt like we were just steps away from living the life. Exactly, the Dallas life. You were a tumbleweed away. I love it. So we, um, uh, so what happens now is there's this uh, fantasy that with more content because now. There's shows everywhere. Mm-hmm. Hulu has shows. Netflix, of course, Netflix, Amazon, Amazon Yahoo, Dabble, IFC. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I did um, a little um, uh, web series that was total crap, but just having fun, mm-hmm. you know, like have to be creative, want to, you know, and David Krumholtz is on it, who's been an actor since he was like a kid. And he has a show on an original show on IFC. And I was like, I can't believe IFC is doing what? Yeah. Mark Marin, actually, who's and, one of the biggest, pop- most popular mm-hmm. podcasters on the planet right now, also has a show and it's in its fourth season on yeah. IFC. So, yeah. I mean, what? So the so what it is like what Bonnie Gillespie said it's a wild wild west. There's so many shows now, mm-hmm. but what happens is that doesn't equate to more jobs for us. What happens is it's harder for these shows to stay on the air. So every casting session they just want names and they're casting. You know, used to like I said, you know, ten years ago you could get on a show having done you know guest stars and mm-hmm. working your way up and now it's like the the 10th lead is is being taken by like somebody who used to do like films yeah you're like you know no one was jennifer lopez is on a, a series there is the end of times people <laughs> i saw that i and tweeted I was about like, that oh my god i'm like end of times that was literally like a punch to the gut i was like what is she doing why does jennifer lopez have a tv show right so that's like you know i've always talked when i talk about this because i'm a dinosaur i've been here long before you Mm -hmm. and um i talk about like how much 9-11 changed the industry because pre pre because think about it prior to 9-11 movie stars did not do television no you did not wait why do you think that was 9-11 9-11 yeah, everybody I'm- wanted to stay close to home no yeah that was people didn't they didn't want the actors didn't want to go travel they didn't want to go to other countries you don't think it's because that over the past like you know decade or so tele- television has been like making incredible content and stories and actors are realizing hey i don't want to go on location for three to five months and be away from my family i want to go do a nine to five mm-hmm. monday through friday situation which is kind of you know it's generalizing what film versus tv is but it just sounds a lot more mm-hmm. well that was the start of it though homie. that's when everybody really just like really said because like Kiefer sutherland was like the first movie star that like came down and did television mm-hmm. and i'm gonna say came down because you know film has always people been looked down on looked down on have which looked down i do i will never understand because i grew up on tv tv is Mm-hmm. my you know i love like i grew up watching the carol burnett show and I'm, i mean i'm dating myself too uh, even though i'm only 25 <laughs> um i loved the carol burnett show and i just remember thinking i wanted to imitate her I, mm-hmm. I imitated everybody on that show and how could i be on that show one day or mm-hmm. do something like that or like the golden girls oh mm-hmm. my god i used to watch that with my granny and she was she was still getty's character so yeah yeah, that's the stuff that I grew up loving and watching, and TV was my thing. I mean, I love movies, too, but I don't have as many fond memories of movies right. as I do TV shows. Well, because that's somebody's in your in your house every, every night. Week. Yeah, or, yeah. every, every night you're watching something, and every week your stories are, are playing. You know, so funny, when I booked Pee Wee Herman, the um, Pee Wee's Big Holiday, mm-hmm. I was, like, so excited because – it's so difficult to book film. Yeah. And the last movie that I did that actually saw the big screen was Get Smart. And that was 2008. That was the last movie you did? No. Last movie I did that I saw the big screen. Oh, oh, oh. I've been in plenty of films. Right. That I just, was going to say. Know, yeah. Okay. Um, and I like was, I said to my husband, I was like, I'm so excited. Like I can be on the big screen. Mm-hmm. And then I found out it was Netflix exclusive. Um, and I so was you'll like be on big screen TV bummed. Yeah. Right. 
<laughs> I know. I'm glad we have a 60 inch. Yeah. And you know, one thing Matt said to me, my husband said, he goes, I bet more people will see it though than they would in the theater. No, he's right. And I was like, and that was when I was like, whoa, that's how much we've changed. You know, like our, you know, everybody wants, you know, content. They want it right when they, you know, they want it instantly, you know, we're in this digital world. Binge watching and like binging and purging on TV shows. I mean, look at this Netflix making a murderer. Everyone's yeah. talking. And I haven't seen it all. So don't. I'm only on episode any. three. Thank you. Us too. Yeah. I'm a little behind, but Super it's, behind. it's great. But here's the deal. It's like a big Dateline episode. And yeah. I, I watch Dateline every, every week. because I'm. You like to watch the rapist? I'm a news nerd. I like to be like, the husband did it. He always did it. (laughs) It's always the husband. Uh, but yeah, no, it was, that, that's what it feels like to me. But I get that everyone's, you know, excited. about. But look it. how much it's become mm-hmm. like a, it's in my newsfeed every single every day. day yeah. And it's like, whoa, this is the power of right at my fingertips. I have this show and I can watch as much or as little as I want. Right. It's there. I don't have to wait a week. No one wants to wait anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Like Orange is the New Black went like the second season. They just loaded all the all episodes. Right. House of Cards does that, too. And I'm so grateful because I love House of Cards. I wish mm-hmm. Homeland would do that. Ugh. I just wish um, that I was on Homeland. I know. Me too. I love that show. I want to be the character that goes, Carrie, snap out of it. Like, <laughs> I just want to like cry and have like the lip quiver of, I'm sad. I never got to have a love scene with Quinn. Like that one chick did. Remember? Did you, did you audition for that? That's the role. Yeah. That's the part you auditioned for? The big for? girl. Yeah. I was super disappointed Who with that. Who was that? I don't know. I, I Googled I her know. and I'm like, I don't know what she's doing. I was, I was upset because we had to show up to that audition for Homeland and sign an NDA. Mm-hmm. And then we also had to show our passports because it was shooting in South Africa. Oh, okay. Which I can say that now because it's already right, gone right, on. Right. But like, they were like, we need to see that you've had a current passport. And because it was shooting in South Africa, your passport could not expire within six months oh. or you don't get out of the country yeah you know which i was like it's cool if i stay there and hang out no with like Charlize or something stuck in yeah. south africa <laughs> um no i i've been to north africa regular africa i don't know is it regular africa i think it's north <laughs> or no i think to, it's just africa i've actually been to west africa let me clarify that um i do know my geography i've been to west africa oh that's right you went on assignment mm-hmm. under reporting um, but I would love to be on Homeland. I don't think it's got many more seasons left though. I think that was the only big girl role ever. Yeah. yeah. That was ever going to go to that. Oh yeah. I wanted it. So it was like, cause that's the thing, you know, going back cause we like callbacks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, back to the, like the idea of like giving up. It's like every time those big ones go by, it's like, how many more do I have left in my heart to take, yeah. you know, because I've had, I've come so close to glory so many times and it's like the hoping and the wishing it's like how much more do I have in my heart like I want to protect myself right and I want to be healthy mentally and this is not making me healthy mentally you know because I am because when you're a character actor you know this the opportunities are so few and far between that you hold like when you have hope that this job's going to work out and it could change you know your career Mm -hmm. and then it goes away you're like i don't know when the next one's going to be compared to you know the like hot people that are auditioning like 10 times a week and just throw their sides away when they walk out the room right right you know so yeah it's a different world for character actors and although i think that the world is changing in that there are producers and writers who are more open now to having more character actors um and like actual character actors and mm-hmm. actual plus size 
ladies and real looking people as opposed to she's a size four she's huge you know like she's clearly a big fat mom or you know oh yeah compared to how it was 10 years ago for sure yeah but then it's like when that stuff comes up I feel like all of a sudden then it's like, let's discover someone new and all Mm -hmm. of us who have been doing this for, I'm on year Lord 16. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been here since nine, the August of 99. Mm -hmm. Um, All of us are like not then when, so now we're like, Oh my God, we've waited 15 years to have more plus size roles. And then it goes to like somebody who is new and has like rebel Wilson done anything. Don't you think, though, that I had an agent tell me one time that I am not going to have a lot of success in my 30s. He was kind of douchey, but he just straight up told me, he's like, you're not going to have a lot of success in your 30s when you're going to start working a lot is in your 40s and 50s because you're a character actor Mm -hmm. and you're going to grow into your character. And I was like, well, that's kind of a bummer. Like, I mean, yay, but also like, yeah. I don't know. What do you think about that? Because it seems like, honestly, for me, a lot of the roles I go out for, um, I am one of the youngest ones in mm-hmm. the room. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely heard that too. But then I'm like, well, what is going to be the quality of the role? Because then now that you're playing like moms and grandmas, you you have like like a couple of scenes. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I, mi- I missed out on the years where I could play like you know, the best friend Mm -hmm. and, you know, have substantial amount of like, you know, content in whatever it is, the movie or the TV show. So then we may work more, but it's like, what are those roles really, really going to be? Yeah. But don't you think though, that working in any capacity is good versus, I mean, only doing like larger parts? I got to be honest, it's really hard. This is going to sound really bad. You guys can tweet out (laughs) some nasty stuff. My career is almost reversed. I started, I didn't do co-stars. Yeah, you started big. I started big. I booked a four-episode guest arc on Boston Public, which was David E. Kelly's, you know, hot show. And was that your first part? First part ever. I was Taft Hartlead, you know, that means automatically put into the union. And you played a wrestler, I remember. I did. I played a female wrestler, or a girl who was being picked on. Yeah. And um, the wrestling coach was like, you know, hey, you're a hoss, you should come and wrestle for me. And then I ended up having a heart attack on the mat, which was like really disappointing for <laughs> all the people who were like, yay. Cause like, again, back when I was doing this stuff, guys, like there was no one on television like me, no one mm-hmm. my size. I was getting letters from all over the world saying, thank you for being on television. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, I mean, Kathy Bates was around and, yeah, but like yeah. my, as far as like my age wise though, like you just didn't see girls like 300 pounds. Right. So, I started big and that show was a huge hit. Um, fast forward to 15 years later, I went in two days ago for a probably going to be a co-star. Uh, it is recurring, but on David E. Kelly's show. Yeah. And it's like I am would be I mean, of course, I would be thrilled to book. it. I would love to do that. But it's like what happened was I was doing all these big guest stars on these hit, you know, big shows like Nip Tuck mm-hmm. was like nothing was bigger than Nip Tuck in like, right. the I first season. Yeah. Like all of the show Cold Case did it, like the Cold Case episode that I was a guest lead on was like the number one most watched Cold Case at, when that aired. Like yeah. it was really big. So all these big things. And now 
It's like I did a guest star on NCIS Los Angeles and it was literally three lines. Yeah. It was a guest star. So what's happening is everyone's saying like there's are actually a lot of articles being written now. I'm sure you've seen them in like the Hollywood Reporter. Mm-hmm. It was one of them that's like the middle class actor can't there's no guest stars anymore. Right. It, there's like they're writing these like roles that would technically have been a guest star, but then they're making them co-stars so that you get paid less. Yep. And they never would have been co-stars 10 years ago. This is actually a conversation I just had with my agent right before the big pilot season kicked off. And she's like, I literally cannot get my actors with these great credits a deal. She's mm-hmm. like, everything is co-star only, scale only. Do, just do it or, 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 do we'll, it find or we'll find someone else. Yeah. Because there are a thousand people waiting in line to take that part for exactly. less. So what do you do? I mean, there's nothing you could do. You either take the part and you work and you get to be on set and you get, you know, the SAG minimum or whatever, SAG scale. Yeah. Or you sit on your butt on your couch and you wait and hope that you get a bigger part. You know? Oh, 100%. Like this, like I said, this new project from David E. Kelly mm-hmm. that I went in for two days ago is scale plus 10. I'll motherfucking take it. Like yeah. what? Like w- want right. me to pay you? Just I want to be on set. Yeah. I want to be on set with the stars that are in the show. I like, think the producers now know that so many actors mm-hmm. are so hungry and desperate. they want it and they're desperate. Mm-hmm. Why do we as actors allow ourselves to be so desperate? Because isn't this like one of the few professions where you don't have direct content, direct contact with your employer? We are mm-hmm. constantly sitting being distanced from Mm -hmm. the people who are hiring us by our agents, managers and the Mm -hmm. casting director. Right. Cause the people that ultimately hire you are the producers Mm -hmm. or the network. Right. Yeah. So we are like anyone else would be able to get, you know, if you interview for a job at, uh, you know, Walmart or not, Walmart's not like a good example, but you're sitting directly across from like, say you want to hire your, yeah. Like you're, if you go to, uh, you know, interview as a teacher, you're sitting across from your principal. I'm Mm -hmm. just going to keep using that, you know, Mm -hmm. or head of the school. Like here we're so distanced from like, from, you know, who is actually hiring us and we have to go through so many steps just to get in front of them. Mm -hmm. And you're, we're just always at the mercy of someone, you know? So you're constantly feeling out of control. Hey guys, I want to take another minute to tell you about Kinsa, the world's smartest thermometer. It is truly the number one tool for mom's peace of mind. It remembers temperature, symptoms, and medications and gives you guidance on what to do next if your little one isn't feeling well. Also, everyone in the Austin, Texas area, check this out. Kinsa has just released their health weather feature. You can now see what illnesses are going around in your area just by logging on to Kinsa's free app. Check it out now at KinsaHealth.com, the world's smartest thermometer. That's why I think so many actors have started creating their own stuff or should be creating their own stuff because you then take the power somewhat away from other people and give it back to yourself. It's a shame that you kind of have to do that, but Mm -hmm. um, I think that that may just be the nature of the beast. And with the influx of Netflix and Yahoo and Amazon and all of those exterior, uh, those new sources for content. I think there's more opportunities for actors in that way to sort of make their own way. 
Do you know what I mean? Sure. Because you you started your Breaking Fat web series. Mm-hmm. Why did you start that? Yeah, I mean, for the reasons you just laid out. Um, I, I mean, I really like to write. I feel like I have control. It's how you mm-hmm. feel like about this podcast. Mm-hmm. Like it's something that you you don't have to wait for the phone to ring for right. someone to tell you to do this podcast. Right. Like you have absolute control over it. And that's what I wanted. But the problem with creating your own content as far as web series, short films, and any sort of feature film goes is they're just so expensive to do. Mm-hmm. Like film is so expensive. I can't even tell you what we spent on that little, you know, web series. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were lucky that we had investors and um, you sometimes can hit the jackpot with that, you know, because um, playing with other people's money is a lot of fun. But mm-hmm. otherwise, it's like I, you know, I'm actually in pre-production on a film feature, right? feature that yeah. I want to do. And, um, you know, it's costing us $2,500 just to have the line producer, to hire the line producer. So if you guys are listening and you don't know what that is, that's like the person who makes the budget for the entire film. Mm-hmm. Totally vital. You need to have one because we have to know how much this film is going to cost so then we can go after the money, you yeah, know? Yeah. I just feel like it's just like we're in constant pursuit of something. It's like if you're going to create your own content, then you have to find the money to do it because yeah. most people don't just have millions of dollars laying around. Yeah. You know, breaking fat season two was like $20,000. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything costs because I mean, especially because you can't just, you can't hire your crew for free. That's completely unfair. Right. You know? So by the time we had a lot of people do though, a lot of people out here are throwing together short films or doing, you know, sketches and stuff. And they're, asking friends hey can you come run you know camera for me can you do this for me for free um i think that there is a line that cross like between professionalism and and you know just throwing together a ucb oh yeah for sure like if you're out there and you have an iphone like you can do this stuff but it just depends on yeah the what quality Mm -hmm. that you want it to be you know like I mean, yeah, people are doing this stuff. I mean, there's YouTube people are becoming stars, you know. It's I know. definitely happening, you know, for That's sure. That's another conversation I've had with my agent recently is, you know, she says that she's got a couple of YouTube stars on her roster that are getting pilots. Oh, yeah. And that are booking pilots. And they're not known for anything other than being on YouTube or Vine. And I'm just like why go to an acting class then? Like as an actor, why bother with that route? You know? Oh, that's what millennials are thinking. They're just like, why do I have to bother to study? Why do I have to? Yeah. It's because of your Kim Kardashians and your people who just, you know, make sex tape, um, and get famous on reality TV or whatever, who make it look so easy. I love that. I love that you brought that up Mm -hmm. because that's exactly what I was thinking of is like, Every everything f- seems like it's so easy and it's like the hardest thing though. Yeah. Like that's what I was thinking like you know we have this world where you think you can just throw stuff up on YouTube and then you mm-hmm. get like a billion followers mm-hmm. and you know um you're going to be a star but you know it's that doesn't happen for a lot of people. We struggle to get people to watch Breaking mm-hmm. Fat even though we had 
people in it that were like so-called name like Names, you know yeah. i mean it wasn't you know there's a difference between like house- Lindsay hollister <sighs> I there's a difference it. between household names Bell. though and like industry names yeah, yeah yeah you know like that's you know we had we actually you know had great some talent on there and we were trying to push it and you know we had like a disney star you know mm-hmm. and we literally had to say to him like we're getting him to work for free and because, you know, actors are the ones that don't get paid on this right, stuff. Well, right. actors are actually the ones that will work for free. It's your yeah. crew that you got to put all the money towards. Like I said, because you don't want Bob, your neighbor, to be standing there with like a boom. You like you need good sound. <laughs> you know, you don't want him to be like, oh, uh, like you need a sound guy. Yeah. Like mo- so important. But so we got these names like, you know, Hutch Dano. And I, we were like, we need you to tweet about this because he had his, like, you know, did he tweet about it? I think like. We got him to do it like once, but guess People? what? All of the episodes with him on it on YouTube are the highest watched. Yeah. Here's the deal: People are very protective about their Twitter accounts and mm-hmm. their and their followers. Um, I had a really big guest on um, early on on my show, and it would have made the difference between night and day had she tweeted out about being a guest on my show, mm-hmm. and then she didn't do it. Yeah, and I was like why i know and that, it, you, that know. you feel pathetic about that yeah i know and i'm like it makes me feel like such a nerd and so desperate to be like hey can you please do this because she said she would and then, and she then didn't. didn't yeah but people i understand that once you get to a certain level and you have all these fans and you feel like an obligation to them and you feel a certain level of celebrity and you don't want to sort of sell that out or you know just pimp any old any old fart that comes along or whatever you know what i mean like you, yeah i i understand that people are protective of it because um, I thankfully have had a really great response on Twitter and Instagram. So I don't know if people, some, if somebody messaged me and goes, Hey, will you tweet this out? I'm like, sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're, they're a part of something. So it's like, why, why would, would you, you not? Unless but... they're embarrassed about it. Like that's the only thing I could think of is maybe she was embarrassed, but then I was like, why would she be? It was Did so she great. like say personal stuff or. No, it was great. It was just, you know, she just didn't do it. And I don't know why. Yeah. But sometimes, like I said, I think like, you know, they don't think about it. They don't, you know, then you're like, oh, I don't want to remind them. Yeah, You don't want to be like a bugger or be desperado. Like I'm going to do with you for this episode. Oh, to my 1,357. (laughs) But let me tell you something, though. Again, this is actually a pretty like sweet flow of conversation because I know I'm really good at this. You are. (laughs) Um, We this is exactly what I'm talking about, though, of like this was the first year that my manager said like sent out like a packet of like, hey, we need this, you know, because we're in pilot season now. So it's like, hey, we need all of this for pilot season. And also I need you to send me all of your social media and how many people follow you because this is also what exactly because and that's why i created my official page on facebook because yeah. i'm hitting i was on gonna facebook. ask you about that yeah i didn't want anything to do with that yeah like i have twitter but like on facebook i want that for me and my friends mm-hmm. and i want to look at stupid you know like cat videos and i <laughs> and want post to post politics my and- politics which is not you know something i want to I don't need to have it open to the world. And because I've done a lot of like weird like movies and stuff, I have a very like strange fan base and not strange, but like, I don't want them diverse. I just don't need them to be on like my friend so I can, I can share private stuff. But this is what's happening is because it's so hard to sell film and television. Like I said, it's so difficult these days they say that if you're if especially for independent film, mm-hmm. if it's coming down between you and somebody else for a role, 
for this feature. They will go with whoever has the, the most, most followers because yeah. when you promote it, that's how people will watch the, especially like I said, for independent yeah. film, like never thought like when I was pursuing my degree and pursuing acting that it would ever come down to that. I like I was, that's how I started this conversation was I felt like talent would win and yeah. talent does not always win. No, it's definitely become a popularity contest in Hollywood. Mm. My agent was telling me that too. She's like, you, she's like, you have to be popular. And unfortunately talent is a part of it sometimes, but mostly not so much. Yeah. And you like, have to be a name. You have to be known. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, how can you be a name and get known if you're not getting on TV shows or films? Like it's a, it's a total catch 22. I feel like for actors and I don't know. I feel like the general public now is so hyper aware of fame that there's almost like a backlash against it. Well, Oh, I see what you're trying to do. And there's that term thirsty that people mm-hmm. are throwing out. Have you heard this term? Mm-hmm. Um, like, Oh, she's thirsty. Well, yeah, of course. And mm-hmm. you know, you don't think that Barbara Streisand was thirsty when she first started, mm-hmm. or you don't think that like every other, like Jennifer Lopez when she first started or Beyonce, like they got, they were thirsty and no, they Bay has never been thirsty. Never. Just let's she, make that really Let's clear. look at early Destiny's Child videos Love. and we'll, like, <laughs> some of those were thirsty. She came out of the womb. Perfect. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, that's also, she thing. needs to come on my podcast. Yeah. Right. She's going to put that on there. Beh, come on her podcast. She would be like one of my great white whales, her and Jessica Alba. Oh, yeah. We're great. Oh, but you know, she's a like power mom, but that's the thing. It's like, uh, you know, oh, it's interesting. I want to ask you a question because you know, I don't know where 15 years has gone because mm-hmm. first of all, we don't have seasons here. And like every, <laughs> like every day, it's like every day I'm hustling. And I'm like, I just posted where, that on my Facebook. This yeah. Week. Like where did my life go? Because like mm-hmm. when it comes to like, you know, I just got married or in mm-hmm. 2014. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, I feel like my life is so stunted. And it's like, how do you even make that decision to start a family? You know, like well, I don't have kids because yeah. it's like, I'm not in my mind. I am not 38 years old. Uh-huh. I'm still like 20 something <laughs> yeah. like make trying to, you know, when I you- talked about that on my podcast last week is how I feel like, or this week, I guess, um, how I feel in my mind. Like I'm still like 18, mm-hmm. 19 years old. I still have these big dreams and you know, whatever, but my body is like, no, <laughs> you're <Yeah>. old. <laughs> um, and Chris and I talk about this a lot too in LA with a lot of our friends. We've noticed there's a, what we call the Peter Pan syndrome. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever wants to grow up. Nobody, at least in the industry, seems like nobody ever wants to grow up. They don't want to have real life problems like kids or family that are interrupting their party mode or their networking or their short Mm -hmm. films or whatever that they're doing. Um, so everybody's sort of stuck in this never, never land mm-hmm. of I'm just playing, I'm going out every night, like get married. No way. I'm, you know, I've got too much ladies to sleep with or dudes to bone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, for me, it made a difference that I already came out here married. I, I got married when mm-hmm. I was really young. Chris and I met in college and we fell in love and we just knew it was right. So I came out here married and we were married for 10 years before we, d- we decided to start having kids. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a decision that we just went, you know what, let's do this. Yeah. It was something we talked about for a long time and we planned and you know, all of that. I think had I come out here by myself when I graduated college, when I was 21, I would be in a totally different place. 
I don't think I would be married. I don't know that I would necessarily have kids. That doesn't ask you. Yeah. I think that I wouldn't be able to get anyone to date me. <laughs> I think <laughs> I would be very single and very like cutting well, That's my not a commentary on right. you. That's a commentary on Los Angeles. It's a commentary on LA for sure. I just don't think anyone would, you know, I'm not skinny enough uh, or no one famous is. enough. No one's pretty enough mm. for skin. There's somebody skinnier and prettier than everybody. Here. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I think we knew it was time for us because we talked about it for a long time. And, you know, Chris and I have always been very open with each other and um, about what we want to do with our lives. I mean, we talk about retirement all the time, have all these fantasies about, you know, we'd love to retire and open a winery, you know, somewhere. But I'm like, there. we also can't afford to pay our rent sometimes. So <laughs> the winery feels like way far off in the distance. Mm-hmm. But, a lot, you know, we just it's just we what we wanted and we knew what we wanted out of life. I have a lot of single friends who want to get married and have kids, um, but haven't found someone yet to do that. And they're in their mid to late thirties. And it's like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. You know? You- no, but that's what I was going to ask you. I, cause I know like you, cause you had a career before you came out here. Yeah. And I was that, so that you answered my question. Cause it's not like, cause I know that you guys, you know, made a decision based on the fact that you're very stable, you know, people and it was the next step for you. But I was going to ask you if you think that you would have ki- a kid now if you had come out here and not have had Chris. So that's mm, probably, yeah, not. that's but only, only we're so stunted. Is not for saying. lack of wanting one. I think it would be, you know, because I just think I, I would be so obsessed with my career. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I would be so into the Hollywood world. I would probably be doing sketch improv, uh, sketch mm-hmm. and improv every night, thinking that that's going to make me a star. Yeah. I think I would be, you know, a lot more desperate. And I'm not now. I feel like I'm definitely more in a secure place now than I ever have been in my career and yeah. my life. But that's the thing. We're so distracted by the pursuit mm-hmm. that, like you said, all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're like staring 40 in the face mm-hmm. and you're not where you thought you were going to be. Right. So how do I bring a child into this world and deal with that? Because I think because you have for me, I realized that as much as I love this industry and as much as I do want to be an actor and I can do consider myself an actor it is not the end all be all of my life. Mm-hmm. And I want fulfillment and I want something else outside of it so that I don't become that person that is totally consumed with this industry because I think I would be heartbroken and I would be disappointed all the time because it is like a constant rejection. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a constant them looking for somebody better or the next person or whatever. And occasionally you get, you know, thrown a bone, which is fantastic. But, mm-hmm. um, I think I, I'm so glad that I have Channing because she balances my life in more ways than I knew it could be possible. I now think of somebody other than myself, other than Chris, you know, like we were so obsessed with each other for so long and now it's so great to be able to focus your attention on someone else. Yeah. But, and so we could, but we're not stable is the thing. I what think. do you mean not stable? Like when you think about the job, like you guys yeah, have but, careers other than, yeah. you know, acting. But so do you. Well, you I, own a business. That's the, di- yeah, but everyone that's go, Everyone go to the pie hole in Los Angeles, <laughs> nine locations. There's everywhere. But that's, that's what it is. I mean, 
mean, though, that's though. But so changed. do you. You have a career. You have a stable business. But we had think, to to survive. Yeah, exactly. And I had to go and get a job that I don't, you know, necessarily 100% love all the time. But it's a job. And I'm so grateful to have it. But I think, though, that there's a huge misconception, especially here in L.A. I just talked to a friend about this this weekend, that kids will somehow take away from your experience as an actor or your finances in some way. And I think, and part of the reason why I'm doing this podcast too, is to let people know that's not the case. If anything, she has added to my experience where now if I get an audition for a mom role, I'm not just imagining what it's like to be a mom. Like I know, and I can pull from more unique experiences from that as an actor. And I get to meet other great people in this town through, you know, my connections as a mom. And so I, I just think that a lot of people think, oh, kids like, oh, I won't be able to go out and party all the time. Well, maybe not. I mean, Chris and I still find time to go out. Um, we don't do it all the time because it's just not something we're interested in, in doing anymore. Yeah, but, no, I think I was th- like, I'm thinking more because I'm older, probably mm-hmm. 10 years ago. I've been like, yeah, I don't mm-hmm. want to go out and drink every night. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking like from the financial standpoint like there's everybody i know is like can barely pay their rent no well we can barely pay our rent because we eat out too much (laughs) we we literally i'll go and i'll drop 200 bucks on groceries and then we'll order pizza every night you know so like what do you eat when you get home from the grocery store you gotta order pizza pizza obviously i can't tell you how many times we'll go to the grocery store and then swing by taco bell on the way home yeah nobody wants to go home and cook what's wrong with us like we you know that's where we struggle is because we just are stupid with our money Channing is the least expensive part of my life. Acting classes are way more expensive. My headshots are way more expensive. You know, when she, the first like six, eight months of her life, she was breastfed. So all I've had to pay for was diapers and the occasional cute outfit, you know, that I love. There's just such a big misconception that kids are this big financial drain. Yeah, I th- think didn't somebody come out and say that a child from year zero to 18 will cost uh, somebody on average a million dollars. Who are these people? I don't know. I'm asking you. Yeah. Like, I don't know where they got their information from. I think you maybe, heard that, right? Yeah, I read that. Yeah. I think maybe they're, you know, talking to people who are spending, you know, $1,700 a month on preschool and like sending their kids to like private schools or you know, getting them involved in every activity known to man. Cause there are parents who do that. And there are parents who, you know, who get their kids in ice skating, which is one of the most expensive things to do. And if that's what you're into, great. I don't think the kids have to be that expensive. I think that for Chris and I, we choose to live more simply and parent more simply so that we can save our money to do other things. So like, I don't buy her toys every week. My friend, Amy, who doesn't listen to this podcast, even though I tell her a million times to listen, (laughs) she buys her kids new toys, like every day, just every day for no reason. Like, Oh, you read, you read a book today. Here's a new toy. What? Like, that's crazy to me. Mm -hmm. That's where parents get into the trap of, they spend lots and lots of money. You don't have to do that though. She, you know, I buy her new clothes every once in a while because she's so tall. She outgrows her pants all the time. Um, so I buy her new cl- her pants and shoes uh, every, every, you know, fairly regularly. But no, I mean, kids don't, they don't have to be expensive. It's how you choose to parent and how do you choose to spend your money. If you're that parent that wants your kid to wear Gucci and Prada, then yeah, you're going to spend money, but you don't have to be. 
Well, my dog wears Gucci. See, there you go. So you would be that parent. (laughs) Maybe be that mom. I just don't think that, you know, I think there's, like I said, a big misconception that kids are somehow a huge financial drain. And so people, especially in LA, because actors, you know, don't make any money. Um, don't want to like have a kid because yeah. they're like, Oh, I don't want to be poor all the time. And yeah. you know, whatever. And it's just, just not- living a non-stable life. You yeah. Know? So no, it's interesting. It's good to hear because you know, that's what I think of is mm-hmm. the financial aspect of it. But, but I also you make think it the work. mental uh, part of it, like yeah. just feeling like I'm constantly like stumbling, like forward, you know, like yeah. I don't feel like, cause you're not, you're not that traditional. Like I go to work nine to five, come home, make some chicken. How did your dinners. mom do it? My mom worked, you know. Um, and you I don't work. Know. You uh, work. You have a job. Yeah. You but have two she jobs. was home. You know, she's home every. She go to school seven a.m. School is out by like two thirty. And why wouldn't you be home? You, um, um, you run your own business. You can set your hours. Well, but the business has changed things, though. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, whereas before, I would just feel like, what do I have to offer? And I have no stability. And Why like do you one think year, you have no stability? You're mar- I'm like yelling at you now. Well, before, I'm saying oh, before yeah. the business. Yeah. Before, you know. But you're everything. married. You have a lovely home. You have a wonderful husband. You have a job. Did that he is pay a- you? Yeah. <laughs> He's texting me right now. Um, you have a great business that's very successful. And yes, you work hard. Yes, you go to auditions. But you know what? I run a business. Mm-hmm. It's not anything like the pie hole. But I also work part time. And I still go to auditions and I make it work. You just find a way, yeah. like you find a way it's like the new normal, I guess. Yeah. You, know? you find a way you, you balance like anything that's important in your life. You make time for it. You add it to your schedule and you balance it out and you make it work. Well, I think it's the fear of the unknown too. Yeah. Like you're on the other side now. Yeah. You, I mean, you have, you, you've been through the experience. Mm-hmm. So you know, what it is and it's scary and it's hard and i think some people are better at balancing you mm-hmm. know than others and some people are still figuring it out and trying to find their way and all of that i'm having i'm certainly not perfect at it there are some days when i do plop her down in front of the tv for a few hours and go just give me a minute you know like i need to get shit yeah. done um it's not a perfect uh situation but you know as parents we just do the best we can and we hope that we don't fuck up our kids you know, what's funny is you should, um, you should get, do you know, Marissa Jarrett Winokur, right? She was the one her, who, or I not know her, but is. you know who she yeah. is, right? She's the one who won the Tony for hairspray. Mm-hmm. And, and I used to audition a lot for Against stuff her. that she was, uh, booking mostly. It's <laughs> funny though. I was just reading like some of her posts and she has a kid and it was like super funny and mm-hmm. super real. Cause she was saying, you know, stuff like, uh, you know, parents don't want to talk about it. They want to talk about how blissful yeah. and amazing things are, but there's days where you're like, just leave. I just need silence. Just need a minute. Just leave. Yeah. I need yeah. a minute. Like leave me alone. And that's so true. Like there are days I love her. You know, I love her. Mm-hmm. She's the cutest thing in the world, but I want to be like, get out of here with that noise. <laughs> like just fucking stop it. And I'm not afraid to say that there's no shame in, and moms being honest with how, you know how it really is. Cause I think it's the moms who are not being honest that do a disservice mm-hmm. to everybody. Um, cause you did it with no nanny, right? No, I don't have a nanny. Yeah. I have a, we have a babysitter that, um, I set up a, a, like a, I guess you call it a nanny share mm-hmm. with this mom that I met in mommy me. And I started it when Channing was like a year and a half old where she would come over, uh, once a week for like three or four hours. And me and this other mom would um because our girls are the same age 
have like three or four hours to ourselves, and we would split the cost of the nanny for those three or four hours. It saved my life because just to have those couple of hours back to myself, because I think so often moms, they, they have kids and then they forget, like, you need to take care of yourself. You need mm-hmm. to take time for yourself. Go and get a massage, go get your nails done, go have lunch with a girlfriend, something so that you have that time back to yourself to remember who you were before you had your kid. Otherwise you become so immersed in mommy blogs, mommy groups, Pinteresting, um, you know, wiping noses, wiping butts that you forget to connect with the real world. And then that's when you start to get sad and depressed and things mentally, like you were talking about, yeah. start to get really hard. I think like what a lot of what I'm, when I'm listening to you is the ability for time management mm-hmm. and, you know, there's people, regardless of whether they have children or not, just can't manage their time. Yeah. And I have a hard For time. actors, that's hard. Uh-huh. Actors have a hard time managing their time. We live in our heads. It's a Peter Pan that's that yeah. never want to grow up. Exactly. I don't have any responsibilities. But see, you do, though. Like, yeah. I can't convince you enough yeah. that you do. Like, how else do you think you manage the successful trillion dollar business of but, the pie hole and then that but what you, you know exactly what you're saying though in my mind i am not that adult that's <laughs> living this life right i mean i mean i am i'm just saying the industry does that to you this yeah. like when you've been in it for so long you know that you don't it, it warps your brain a little yeah you know it really does i'm not saying like you know this is like the worst thing ever in my life i i, I want to say like i love that I've been able to do what I've done. It just sounds like it. you're getting sad about it. And I don't like that. No, I'm not sad. But like, I I guess it's like I could keep going if there was like, even if someone said to me right now, you will not work for 10 years from this point. But when that 10 year hits, you will all of a sudden not, never stop, never working. stop working. I would be okay. Because it's the fear of the unknown for me. Yeah. It's the like... What if this doesn't happen? Because, you know, and that's part of my like type A, like control freaky kind of thing. You know, I got a tattoo on my foot that said, let it be. Not because I'm a Beatles fan, Mm -hmm. but because I have this really hard time of like just letting Letting things ride because I just want to know, you know. Me too. I just want to know. And I have a hard time focusing on what I have in this moment because it's Mm -hmm. like, I think as an actor too, you're always thinking about the future. So you're not present Mm -hmm. right in that moment, Yeah, you know. So you have to kind of come back to earth because you do fantasize. Like tell me how many times you have thought about your Golden Globe speech. Or your Oscar speech. Or Oscars or Emmys. All the time. Yeah, I mean, all the time, especially because we're in award season right now. I'm thinking, okay, here's what oh, I would yeah. say. Here's what I would do. And like, this is what my dress would look and like. And I don't know if you saw the article I posted, but I was kind of annoyed at the at the Globes. Um, and I, <laughs> I'm going to talk about this again. But like, I'm kind of annoyed at the Globes because I feel like, you know, there were some people on the stage who were kind of just didn't take it seriously. Like, even if they were just presenting, they were just like, who cares? This is not a big deal. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm fucking a bear star or whatever, you know, and I'm like you have no idea how lucky you are, how many people would give mm-hmm. their left nut to be up on that stage. And like with grace and graciousness to yeah. be recognized. So many actors would love to be recognized in some way for their hard work. And the fact that we do, we are a freelance, um, you know, industry and in that we don't know when our next job is coming from. We have to audition and hustle for every single opportunity. So I don't know. I just wish people were more gracious. Do you think mm-hmm. that, um, 
I agree years. with that, by the way. Okay, good. Do you think that 10 years from now, do you think that you and I are still going to be in the waiting rooms together talking about co-star roles and hoping that we book a, a small part on the next, like, I don't know, fucking Julie, Julia Louis-Dreyfus sitcom? Or- I literally love that you said that because... I had this real moment. I uh, went in for the middle. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I've been in several times. Uh, The casting director, G. Charles Wright, is a friend of mine and also an all-around, like, super good guy. And he does now... Because, okay, you know, um, if you're an actor and you do television, you literally would go in and you might have, like, a pre-read where it's just you and the casting director. And then you get a call back and it would be, like, you and the producers and the director, right? Um, You know this. Back Mm -hmm. in the day, it was... When you went to the callback, it was five, six people tops. Now... You're going in for a callback for producer session. You could be the 20th person in the room. Yeah. They want to see everybody. everybody. They don't trust casting directors can do their friggin' jobs. So, uh, but G he is one of those traditional casting directors and they trust him to do his job, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. So you go in and there's only five or six of you for the role. So, you know, in that room, who's one of you is going to get it. Right. right. And, uh, so the last time I went in and he, so he does the, you know, uh, clumps, right? So it's you, five of you Groups and, and then cat- yeah, another cat. Yeah. And then the other category and the other category was for character women, women, but in their like fifties. Yeah. And I literally, I think I told you this yeah. story mm-hmm. and I literally saw, you know, this actress who had been on days of our lives and I had done days of our lives for a very short mm-hmm. moment in time. And she has been in, so had been in so many movies. You could say her name and Patrika Darbo. Oh yeah. Right. So Patrika Darbo. Yeah. Um, she's such she's not a listening either. Beautiful. Per- <laughs> well, I'm not saying anything bad. She's no, a no, no. beautiful person. She's been yeah. in like the line of fire. She was in, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, she's done so much stuff and she's sitting there mm. with, uh, you know, was sitting there and, um, it was a guest star. I mean, we were going in for guest star roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and this other woman walked in. And she was like, oh, my God, great to see you. They had been auditioning for the same, you know, with each other, like you and I, Mm -hmm. for 25 years. Yeah. And I said to myself that I think that's where the and again, this is so nice that this is coming full circle. I said, am I going to be okay in 15 years, 20 years sitting here doing the same Mm -hmm. grind because there's something in your heart that says i'll eventually get past this part but what if we never do that's where i feel like you know it's like not that i'm sad but i have to make that decision am i going to be okay with still do it's the grind you Mm -hmm. know of like because eventually you know the idea would be you know none of those people the golden globes are sitting in these rooms Mm -hmm. you know i mean they're getting offers and Mm -hmm. um you know or if there's test if there's testing there's screen testing it's at a higher level right they're not sitting down for a one-day guest star on the middle yeah you know and um that's what i really had i don't know heather if i want to do that be that in that you know doing this in 15 years like i had higher dreams and and hopes for you know my career and it's nothing wrong with doing that there's Mm -hmm. people that do that all the time it may just not be right for me and i just don't know i don't know right yeah well 
for the people who are listening and who are fans of yours, because I know that you do have a lot of fans, um, how can they support you? Because I know social media is very important. So how can people find you and connect with you and like say, hey, we're fans of Lindsay Hollister. Hire her on TV. (laughs) Or just say like, you suck. Why are you even talking? Well, you know, so Facebook, Lindsay, Lindsay with an A. Uh, Hollister, Lindsay. Uh, I have the little like check mark. I am verified. Yeah, I you were verified, and I was like, "Do I need to be verified?" Nah. Sure, I'll show you how. It's super easy. So, uh, find me there. Um, I do. I'm super, you know, interactive, and you know, if you ask a question or post anything, it's me on the other end. You know, I mean, that's the joy of D actors. Is we don't. It's not like it's a publicist answering for that. Twitter, because my name is so freaking long, it's Lynn's Hollister. So L-I-N-D-S and then Hollister because I couldn't fit my entire name. Right. Which kind of blows. And then um, and then Instagram. Instagram is Lindsay Hollister. Okay. So, uh, but I post a lot of pictures of my dog. So you may not be interested in that. We're but, all uh, interested. Don't be crazy. But yeah. And then, you know, I also own a business called The Pie Hole, um, Los Angeles. We're in downtown. So good. And we're also in Pasadena. I feel like I single-handedly have helped keep the lights on at I some think point. so in Pasadena I, at least because when Channy was first born I would just be like well, I just need to get out of the house for a minute and I'd be like "Ooh, pie and so I would be like just go down yeah. to the pie hole and sit and have pie and coffee it and was talk fun, to though. you when you weren't I so love busy. that we should do it more often I would love to yeah we're opening up in Hollywood and uh Orange County soon so staying busy with that that has been the nice distraction I think like the business to, is like chanting to you like the business mm-hmm. to me is like chanting to you to put life into perspective it distracts me from you know, everything uh, with acting and, yeah. you know, I haven't obsessed as much since we started the business. Cause it's like, I'm busy. I've You're got busy. other stuff yeah, to do. It's important to have other things to do. Yeah. I think and you have to create a life besides the industry. And then I think the industry part will come, you know, it, it just, yeah. it just, it's but, too, you know, you know, the timeline. funny thing is I have to tell you really quick before we end this thing, even though we should do a two parter, <laughs> I should just be on this for like two hours. We'll continue this conversation at lunch because I'm starving. Yes, me too. But the funny thing is you don't even know this, but the movie I was talking about that I'm in, I wrote a role of for Heather and it's you. You in know, your movie? In my movie, yeah. Oh, wow. And it's like, I, you know, I love being able to write for my friends. I think that's like the coolest thing because I, you're such a strong personality. That's true. You know, that like, and every, I just did rewrites. So it's very, because I wrote this script like five years ago mm-hmm. and I just went through rewrites though. So it made me think of it because when I was reading it and I was reading what I wrote, I was like, this is so Heather. <laughs> it's like so funny, you know? So, uh, you know, yeah, we need to create, we need to stay creative and, you know, play with your friends too. If you've got them literally so. and figurative. Yes. Um, figuratively. <laughs> figuratively. Um, I do, I know we will continue this conversation off mic, um, because I do have a lot more things. Of course we could talk about. We'll do a part two for next sure. season. Um, next season. So also everybody quick, reminder that um i will put all the links that Lindsay mentioned and info about the pie hole as well and Lindsay's acting business uh up on motherhood and hollywood.com and um as you've heard us talk about it's super important for us to have a big social media presence so we can make it and be stars so go follow me at mih podcast on twitter and then motherhood and hollywood on facebook and instagram Lindsay, thank you for coming on the show you know i love you i love you and we know we shouldn't really be friends you know right. that. oh because we're, com- we're such strong person no because we're oh. a strong personality <laughs> but there's something that brings us together i am drawn to very strong people a lot of my yeah, friends have too. wonderfully strong personalities so yeah. and i love it but that's what makes us awesome is yeah. that we uh, we don't reject people as equally as awesome as us. that's true 
That's true. Yeah, you're great. Um, and I'm proud of you. Oh, thank you. And now you have to actually listen to the podcast. Okay, All I right. will. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. And I hope you guys have a great week. We'll see you next time. Bye. Mama Funny. Balls. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you could save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood.